So Paul's talking about love and what does it mean to love people? What does it look like? We talk about that in church, like, man, I just, we just wanna love on people and that's our job and, and you know, kind of our calling as, as, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to love people. And we'll say, we'll use that language, man, I just wanna love on people. And then like what I used to do, when, like, especially when I was a new Christian, I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, you wanna love on people. Like, what does that mean to love? Like, especially even like strangers. Like, I don't, I mean, I love my, like people I know, like that, I, that I, even that I like, that are lovable, but like not everyone's lovable, right? Am I right, right? Uh, I mean, look down your row. I'm not gonna, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but like, how do I love people? Like all people? What is it? How do I do that? And then even harder, how do I, how do I love someone when it demands confrontation? Like love isn't just like, hey, let's, like, let's just keep the peace between us. Like that's not, that's not love. That's just, that's, just, um, that's just being able to stay in a room together. But, but what do you do when, when like love really, really demands it, that you've got to address something that's hard and, and, and might not even go well? I just want to love on people. Okay. How do you love in that situation? How do you, how do you, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you lovingly confront someone? If you've ever had to do this, this might be like the most nerve-wracking, hardest thing you do is, is like, I know I got to do this. I'm supposed to do this. Um, and, and then you're asking this question. This is the big question. Um, Lord, can someone else do this? Please, please, anyone else but me. It's no easy task to enter into someone else's issues and sin. In fact, um, like it's probably the thing that you're told not to do ever. Like even in culture or society, listen, the worst sin is judging someone else's sin. Don't you dare be judgmental. You're just being judgmental. And it's almost like, and to the point where we're like, no, 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 I don't want to be judgmental. You know what? I just, fine, I just won't talk about anything. I just want to ever deal with anyone else's stuff. I got my own stuff. Lord knows I got my own stuff. So I'll just, we'll just ignore it. And, and Paul is going to mention specifically now this morning that, that, listen, there are times when love actually calls and demands that we do interact. How do you do it? What do you do in this difficult task of confronting someone while loving them? Here's what we're going to see. Paul really kind of, this, this particular passage, these 10 verses, really broken up into two sections. And the first is this. Loving people well. How do I love people? Here's how you do it. Loving people well means walking alongside them. Hey, I just want to love on people. What does that mean? Here's what it means. When you really love like someone, it, it, like not just like a, in passing, hey, love you, I love you too. Like everyone says that. No, no, I really love this person. It means walking alongside them in their life with them especially when it's hard. He gets really, now Paul gets really specific here about confronting someone in sin. Here's what he says. Brothers and sisters, and, and, and you and I, like I, we wish this verse wasn't here, but here it is. Like Paul, Paul wrote it, he meant it. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Whoa. Okay, okay, Paul, did you like, that's nice, but do you really, you don't mean that. Like, you don't really want us to do that. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should re restore that person gently. Now, let's get specific about this verse because um, this, this, this verse and this passage can easily, and it often is, taken out of context and it can be used as, almost as a weapon. Like, like someone, like, and, and I don't want to pick on church people, but, you know, 
you're all a church, so we're all church people. Church people are really good. We're really good at pointing out other people's sins, right? And you know why we're really good at it? Because we know them all. <laughs> we read them and we're like, oh, that person does that and that person does it. Oh man, can you write this down? Make sure that Julie hears this. She needs to know that she's doing this wrong. And like, we're really good. We're really good at pointing out other, if your name's Julie, I apologize. <laughs> if, but we're really good at pointing out other people's sin. And if we're not careful, we can even look at passages like this and say, not only am I good at it, it's my job description. Like Paul told me, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed, if you're caught in sin, guess what my job is? If you're a brother or sister, my job is to restore you. And I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. I'm really good at attempting to restore. It hasn't worked yet, but I'm good at trying. What Paul is talking about is not, is not every time you see someone sinning to call it out. Caught in sin, is, he uses a very specific Greek word here for the word caught. And it's not like, well, you, you saw someone or you heard someone do this, so it's your job to point it out and make sure that they know that you know that, that they know that they're terrible. <laughs> like that's not the job of, of this person. He says specifically those who are caught in sin. And in the Greek, there's an there's a the undertone here of, um, uh, of, uh, in, the, in the language that, that he's talking specifically about people who are trapped by sin and they might not even know it. And it happens suddenly and it happens to a point where they're over, overwhelmed. In fact, some translations will say that, that someone overtaken by sin, not caught, but like, like, like it's controlled their life and, and to the point where maybe they didn't even see it coming. This, this word is used in, a, in, not in scripture this way, but in another document around the same time um, in antiquity, an ancient document where they're using the same language. And they use this language when they would catch wild hogs. That, that the, the, the hog would get caught suddenly and without knowing. It was almost like a trap. Like they got a trap set on them and now they're stuck. And he says, hey, listen, if someone is caught, overtaken, trapped in a sin like this, here, here's, here's, the, here's, here's what you do, ready? You who live by the spirit should restore that person. And then he uses a word that we really wish wasn't there. Gently. No, 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 listen, I'm good. I'm good at restoring. I'm great at it. Okay, but gently. Okay, I'm not the guy. <laughs> I'm not your guy. And, and how do we know who does this? This is someone who's caught, who's, who's, who might not even know how their life got to this point. And, 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 and like you, you for, as an outsider, maybe you understand and you recognize and, and they're like, they say things like, man, I just don't know how I got here. I don't know what happened. And man, my, my life, like I had a totally different plan and trajectory and, and this happened and, and I understand I got issues and, and maybe I got certain things in my life and, and you recognize, okay, there might be some patterns, some destructive patterns and, and, like, and like, that's what he's talking about. Not this like, you know, we're the sin police calling everyone's stuff out, but like someone that you know and love and, and they seem to be trapped and he says, you who live by the spirit, all right, here you go, ready? You should restore them. And who is it? He says, those who are spiritual. Those who in NIV says, live by the spirit. Now, who is he talking about? This is important because this isn't everyone. He doesn't say like, hey, you who are Christians, you followers, hey, you bro brothers and sisters, restore them. He says, you who are spiritual, you who live by the spirit. All right, this isn't everyone. This isn't all of us. So who is this? Is that, is that like synonymous with like mature? Like, listen, if you are mature, if, you, if, you are, if your maturity is more than theirs, then, then this is now your job. Is that what he's talking about? 
Is it, is it those who've been Christians for a long time? Listen, I've only been a Christian for a couple years. Okay, I'm probably not the guy. Oh, they've been a Christian 20 years. Okay, they should be the one to do it. Is that what he's, is that what he's saying? Or maybe like what a lot of times happens in church is, is people will say like, well, that, that, this, that, like the difficult stuff like this, that's for the professional Christians. You know, you know who those are? Like the ones who are paid to be Christians. Like me, I'm on the stage, right? I get a paycheck to, to, to do this. My, um, my, my father-in-law, my favorite joke, he was a pastor um, for decades of his life and, and just recently retired and they moved here. And so they're here. They're actually on a trip. They just got on a plane. They're leaving. But they, they, they come here. Maybe you know them. Um, uh, they attend New Hope now. And uh, this is my, my favorite joke. I remember the first time he said this, I'm like, I'm stealing that. And every time he says it, I'm like, that's so good. He says this, as a pastor, listen, as a pastor, I'm paid to be good. I'm paid to be a good Christian. But you guys, you're good for nothing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Is that funny, right? That's good, right? I give credit where credit's due. And, and so like, like sometimes we can think like, well, listen, they're paid to do, like they're the staff. So like, this is their job. Like, it's not my job. I'm not, I'm not the super Christian, they are. And is that what he's talking about? Is that what Paul's talking about? When he says, you who live by the spirit, how do we know who these people are that like, it's like Paul puts it on their shoulders to, to carry this out. He tells us, in fact, if you hear last week, he told you last week, just a few short verses earlier, he says this, this is how you know, this is the, this is the, the, um, those who you, you, this is how you know someone by the spirit. He says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, right? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He lists eight things, and it's like, oh, okay. He says, hey, listen, you do those things? Oof. Against such things, there is no law. And then he goes on to say, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then a few verses later, he says, now you who live by the Spirit. So he's, he's calling us to remember, here's the requirements. Ready? Here they are. Ready? If you're a person who is experiencing and exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, then this falls on your plate. There may be time. It's your job to restore someone because you, you have experienced love and joy and patience and peace and, and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Like, all right, that's you. Paid, unpaid, new Christian, Christian 20 years. Like, listen, that's the, that's the description. If you're, if you're going through the list and be like, not, not pride, not with a source of like, well, I'm great, but like, okay, yeah, I, I, I think I experienced these. I've not great at all of them, but like, yeah, I would say God has done this in my life, then maybe you're the kind of person who he's calling on to help restore people when they're caught. If you look at this list and go, okay, there's eight. I'm good at like one and a half. I got one and a half of the eight. This might not fall on your, on, on your responsibility to be like, you know what? I'm supposed to like call people out on their sin. It's probably not you. Whether you've been a Christian a year or 30 years, whether you're wise or unwise, that, that's not the requirement here. It's, it's, listen, are you experiencing living by the Spirit as exemplified by fruit of the Spirit in your life? If that's you, then you, you have the qualifications to carry out this very difficult task of approaching people caught, potentially. The way you love them that might be caught in sin. And it might go well, and it might not. That doesn't mean you don't do it because, you, you're, because it's scary or it might not end well. And how do you do it? He says, gently. Now, I, I, this is how I do it. Like, 
I've, I've had to do this a number of times, both outside the church and inside the church, like in official capacity and unofficial. And, and I try to remind myself of, of this. I, like, I try to use the golden rule, but I apply it to like various other areas, right? Like golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. But in this situation, I would reverse it and think, all right, I'm having to confront this person. Maybe I got a meeting set with them. Maybe they know it's coming. Maybe they don't. Maybe I just got to bring it up. All right, if I were them, how would I want to be confronted? Like, what would be the most effective way to confront me? All right. And what would be the least effective way to confront me? And you know that one. That one's easy, right? Your spouse knows that one too. <laughs> like, oh yeah, don't do it, you know, in the morning when they just wake up, before bed, at lunch. Don't do it when they're awake. Don't do it when they're eating. Like, okay. Like, you, you know for you, like, all right, if the least success someone's gonna have if they just confront me this way. And, and maybe it's different for all of us. Uh, it's probably not like, man, I'm just gonna come out and say it and tell them they're wrong. Like, I wouldn't respond well to that. So I probably should not do that to someone. What's the best, maybe our homework is, what's the best way someone can confront me? Like, what's the way that I'd be like, wow, okay, they love me. If they did this, if we're, if the two of us are in a room and we have to deal with this issue and, and I know it and they know it, all right, if they do it this way, that's the best chance of success that, that I would actually listen to them. All right, whatever that way is, that might be your playbook for them. All right, I would want to be confronted this way. I would want to be restored this way. So this might be how I do it. And then he goes on to say this, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Just because you walk by the Spirit doesn't mean you're immune to sin or even temptation. He says, so be careful because whether it's their sin or a different one or pride, you might be tempted as well. And then he says, carry each other's burdens. He goes now to a general principle. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I remember this, this, uh, this week reading, I don't remember who it was. And they said, the, the reason why we don't like sharing people's burdens, so we talk about it, like, right, hey, I want to carry your burden. I want to share a burden. We want others to help share our burdens, whatever it may be, is because if we do that, it actually makes our life a little bit worse, a little bit harder someone's carrying a weight and I say like, hey, I want to help share the load. I literally have to share the load. Like my life now is a little bit more difficult because I'm sharing your burden. And we don't like that, right? We want an easy, nice life. It's hard enough as is. I don't need all of your issues dumped on me. And what Paul is saying is, is listen, as believers, as followers, as people who love other people, carry each other's burdens. Part of your job might be to have a, a little bit worse life, a little bit harder life because you're helping carry someone else's burden. It's not your fault, it's not your issue, but you love them and you're gonna help them. And some of that, some of that difficulty is gonna rub off onto you. Oof. As the recipient, as the person who is like, who, who, uh, who has their load shared, that, that is love. If someone, and you've probably had maybe this in your life where maybe one person, maybe two, when everyone else is left, no one else is there, you have one person who's like, hey, I'm not gonna leave, I'm here. And, and you're indebted to them forever because like you helped carry my load and you didn't have to. It wasn't your issue, it wasn't your thing. Like, wow, thank you so much. That, I know you love me because it inconvenienced you. For some of us, listen, love, it will inconvenience you. He goes on. If anyone now, he says, you know, because these are for people who are, again, fruit of the Spirit, living by the Spirit. He says this. Now, hold on now. Don't be careful. You don't want to be tempted. If anyone thinks they are, I love this. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, 
He, he, then the Greek is literally something like, here's what it would be today. Hey, if you think you're the stuff and you're actually not, here's what he says. They deceive themselves. You think you're great? Try this with your, with your spouse tonight. You know, if you're married, you're, you're in bed, you'd be like, hey, I just want you to know, you are so lucky. You are like, honestly, like you are so blessed to be with something, you know, I'm, I'm something. And like, like what an amazing experience for you to be with me, right? It's, I promise you, I've tried. It's not gonna go well, right? Here's what he says. Like, if you think you're something, you think you're that, he's like, listen, I'm telling you, you're not, you have sin too. You deceive yourself. Each one, he says, should test their own actions. Now, he's gonna now get into comparing and comparisons. Then they will take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. He uses a different word here, not burden, but a load. And here's what he's saying. Listen, it is really easy. Again, we're good at this. We're really good at comparing ourselves, our lives to those around us, or even just people we know or have heard of. And we're really good at picking people that make us feel better. Like we, we do this sometimes and we don't like it. So we, we stop, we, we will compare ourselves with people that we think are like better or higher up or like have a better life, better experience, better family, better job, better whatever it may be. And we're like, man, like they're so far more ahead of me than where I am or where they were at my age. And like, oh, wow, if only we could be like them. And, and we don't like doing that too much because like it makes us feel bad. Here's what we're good at. Comparing ourselves to someone like, oh, oh, honey, we're doing great. We're killing it. I know our kids are crazy, but like at least, but like at least they're like, like we can handle it. And, and like, you know, like we're, we're not, like blood isn't being shed every day. Like we're, we're good. We're, we're fine. Like we, they're fed today. We did a good job. And we compare ourselves to other people that we know, we know we will fare out better. And we don't do this publicly. We don't do it out loud, but we, in a sense, we kind of like, this is, what, this, is why, this is why like reality TV, TV shows are always about like the worst people. Because you watch it and you go, man, my life's great. I mean, I got my issues, but like, look, look at it. Like, this is crazy, right? And there's a reason people watch it because it's like, man, we could be like that. I don't want to name names. It's probably your favorite TV show. So I don't want to, but like, we're, at least we're not like that. And here's what Paul says. Stop, listen. You compare yourself to you. Each one, you test your own actions. Without comparing yourself to someone else, you gotta, listen, you gotta live your life and, and the comparison, like, like you don't get to say like, well, at least I'm better than. He says, no, no. Don't be proud about helping and don't, and don't think that you're somehow better than because maybe you're not struggling with this particular issue and like, wow, I'm just so glad. I'm just so glad I'm not like them. He says, stop, 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 stop. Don't think for one second that because you're a good person, you're somehow earning special favor with God as though you are sinless or something like that. Like, don't do it, he says. Don't compare yourself to others. And then Paul makes an interesting statement that commentators disagree on. He says this, verse six. Nevertheless, he's almost like a, okay, but you're almost like a, like a, uh, a, a parenthesis. Okay, well, let me give you another truth. And he says this. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Now, there's generally two ways of looking at this. And, and throughout time, most commentators, like throughout like kind of the historical commentators, like the names you've heard of, um, they, would, they would say that, that he's actually like inserting kind of like a, a general principle here. And it's actually a financial one. 
And what he's talking about is supporting financially those people in ministry. I tend to love this perspective of this, of this verse. Like it seems like it fits. It fits perfectly. No, but there's a lot of, they'll look at this and they'll say, what Paul is saying is, hey, listen, you're all, make sure you're, you're taking care of your own load and your own life, but don't forget about the people who do help and even support them financially. And there's actually good evidence to say like, okay, that there might be like a sense in which he's, he's, he, like he's speaking about them because like in ministry, they, they didn't have a way to support themselves other than like devoting time to preaching the word. And so like, all right, make sure some of the tithe goes to them. Like, okay, that, that was kind of how the church was set up. Um, but then there's another way of looking at this. And this is, this is probably where I land and say like, this seems to make more sense given the context of, the, of this passage. And they'll say that, that Paul's not talking about like sharing financially, like all, all things, but what he's talking about really are testimonies. And he's, and he's saying, listen, if someone has spoken into your life and they've helped you out, here's what your job is, ready? Is to let them know just how you've helped them. That those who've actually done this and help instruct with the word, here's what you get to do. You get to instruct, you get to share with them all the good that's happened. We're not good at this. We are not, we're really good at receiving help, but we're not good at thanking people for their help. You, you probably have people in your life, you know, you probably count on one hand who've like really changed your life and like really invested in you and made it like a serious impact. I mean, where you would say like, I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for them. Like they, they had that much of an impact. Okay, here's the question, ready? Have you ever thanked them? And not just like, hey, thanks for inviting me to church, but like a legitimate, like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a letter and like just, I want them to know just how important, how much they've affected my life. It seems as though Paul is saying that, like, like if, if you're the recipient of, of, of really some investment in time and maybe even someone who's restored you from a life that you're like, man, I was going this way and, and they gently came alongside me and they really helped me. Maybe, maybe the only thing you get out of this morning is I should probably go thank them. I, I did this, pro it's probably six or eight months ago and I was, it wasn't because I read this, it wasn't like intended. Um, I, I have a, a guy in my life that easily is the most influential and has been when I first became a Christian, he was my pastor and, and has stayed a mentor ever since and, you know, is, is a pastor down in, in uh, San Diego and, um, and we probably touch base every couple months or so. We kind of reconnect, catch up and I have done so for years. And um, six, maybe, maybe his last, maybe it was a year ago, um, he, got, he got COVID. And, and like, not like, a, you know, a few symptoms, but like, oh, he's in the hospital. Like, oh, I mean, this is like, this is a big deal. Like, like to the point where they're, where they're like, hey, 50-50, um, maybe. Like come, you know, family, like think about, you know, what you might want to say. Like, oh, he's like really, really in the hospital. And so I remember uh, hearing about this and going, I'm not going to call him, of course, but I'm, you know, his phone's probably not even on, but I'm just going to send him a text and when he gets it, he'll get it. And I just typed out, you know, um, we like to joke around and banter. And so I'm like, it wasn't any of that. It was like, I'm like, this is the mushiest text I've ever sent. Like, oh my gosh, you know, like, and, and, uh, and I just thanked him for like changing my life and, and introducing me to Jesus and, and being a mentor, like all this stuff, just write it all out. And I'm like, man, I'm like, all right, right? Just, just want to say thanks. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if I'll, ever be able to share this with you. I don't know if I'll have an opportunity. He's probably getting those. His phone's probably lighting up with people who are all emotional. He's like, delete, delete, delete. Like, stop it. Um, and, and I remember sending it and just waiting and be like, all right, he's, he's going to get this. He's going to be moved. 
to emotion. I mean, to, he's, he's going he's gonna to text me back right away. Here it comes. Hold on. Just, the dots are coming. Those three dots that I know they're typed. I, they're, they're on their way. They're on the, didn't. He didn't. And I'm like, man, I just, okay. I, I thanked him, right? I think it was a day later. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm not expecting anything. And he, and he texted me back and, and, uh, and he was like, hey, let's set up a phone call. I'm doing a little better. I'm like, oh, awesome. So we got to, I got to call him and we talked about, you know, uh, people in our connection in the past and all kinds of stuff. And, and it was such a, like, I'm so glad in that moment that I was able to just say, listen, if, if never again, like, I just want to say thanks. Like, if, if, if you only changed one life, I know you've changed countless, but like, hey, I, you changed mine. So whatever it's worth. Now, you probably have people in the, like that maybe in your life. Maybe, maybe it's your job to share all good things with them and say, you know what, today, I'm gonna write a letter, mail it off, send them a text, whatever, and, and I'm just gonna say thanks for being there in my life. Loving people means walking alongside them. And those who are truly living by the Spirit are tasked with this difficult work of, of, of walking alongside broken people. People maybe even caught in sin. Here's the second part, second part of this passage. Loving people well, you want to love people well? Here's the, here's the bad news. It never ends. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it isn't like a, hey, I did it once. Like, I did a great job that one time 12 years ago. I'm done. Like, I, I'm a, I, my capacity for loving people has been met. I'm, I'm the checklist. I'm good. Unfortunately, that's not the case. We're given, uh, uh, we're given a warning now. Paul gives us a warning that many of us, if you've been through church, especially growing up in church, you've probably heard this. And, and it's a famous warning um, that is then followed up with like, here's how you should respond. He says this in verse seven, do not be deceived. Ready? God cannot be mocked. It's a great discipline verse. Hey, listen, did you hit your brother? No, don't lie to me. God cannot be mocked. Yes, right? Like, 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 and you've probably heard it like, like used in that way. Like, listen, don't be deceived. Don't mock God. And then he goes on to say this. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, guess what? From the flesh will reap destruction. Yet whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit, they don't get destruction. They will reap eternal life. Now we've seen a lot of dichotomies throughout Galatians. He talks about um, grace and legalism, faith versus works. Uh, he talks about freedom versus enslavement. And now he gives us this one, fresh, f- uh, flesh versus the spirit. Here's what he's saying. Okay. If you're writing stuff down, you can write this down or just, you know, if you want it like the, the easier way to do it, just take a picture on the screen. It's like the fastest way to take notes. Uh, here it is. Ready? This is the secret to life. This is what everyone's chasing. This is, this is the truth that no one tells you. You can take philosophy classes. I remember taking philosophy in classes in, 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 uh, in college and like everyone's talking about this, but like they don't understand this truth. Here it is, ready? If you live for yourself, ready, write this down. You will ruin your life. What? No, listen, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna repeat it, right? Okay, I don't see enough of you writing it down. If... If you live for yourself, if your life is all about you, you will ruin it. You'll ruin your life. Some of you, you ex- firsthand, you're like, yeah, I know that to be true. Others of you are like, I want to try. <laughs> Listen, our, our, like we are, we are 
in society and culture, in, in like the Hollywood, the celebrity world, it's all about just do what makes you happy and pursue your own happiness and don't let anyone tell you you can't do that thing or be this person or try that or do this. Even if it's, they say it's wrong, it, listen, you, you pursue your own happiness regardless of what anyone else says. All right, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And then you, you see people like this at the end of their lives and you realize, man, they're miserable. Like I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how many of us would say this, but like, I don't have any desire to be a celebrity. Like, that sounds like a terrible life. Like, there, like there, there's so many of them that like are just, they're just so messed up and we put them on a pedestal. Like, this is the, like, oh, fame and money and the fortune, all this stuff. And, and you, you, like, if you were to sit down one-on-one with them, they're like, I would switch it all right now with you if I could. It's like, I, I feel like I'm in a prison. I'm trapped. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Oh, you know Why? It's because you're trying to pursue your own happiness. Like, like you're living your life for you. In fact, you've reached the pinnacle of you and you didn't like it. Here's the secret, ready? If you really want to find contentment and happiness, here's what Paul says. Don't pursue pleasing the flesh yourself. Instead, you live to please the spirit and guess what? You will experience real life. And, and some of you experience this too where you realize like when it's not about me anymore, like, uh, honey, I don't know if, uh, this, hold on, I'm, I think I'm happy. <laughs> so, like, I'm not even trying to be happy, but like, I'm content. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to help other people. I'm trying to serve the Lord. I'm trying to live by the Spirit and do what I can daily, just follow Him. And like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing the very thing that everyone's trying to pursue, contentment. And Paul says, you do so by sowing to please the Spirit. Here's the last thing. You live to please God, not yourself. And then he says this. Here it is. Ready? Let us not become weary. Let us not become tired. Let us not become exhausted in doing good. Don't get tired from this. Don't quit doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He says, listen, there's in store. Like, listen, this, this is the, the ultimate delayed gratification because you're not going to get it in this lifetime. But a harvest is coming. And listen, if you don't give up, you just wait. Therefore, as we have opportunity, here's what he says, let us do good to all people. Let us do good to all people. And then he adds this caveat and he's writing to churches and he knows how difficult churches are and how, how again, I'm preaching the choir, how terrible church people are. <laughs> and he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He says, listen, do good to all people, but especially to people in your family, people in the church. And he says this because he knows just how bad we can be, how divisive we can be. We're really good at mistreating each other. We're really good. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess this, that maybe some of the biggest conflicts in your life might even be with other Christians. Maybe family members, maybe not. We're like, we're like something happened. You had a relational break and it was like so personal. It's like, that's a brother or sister in Christ. And like, that's been the hardest thing for you. And Paul understands this and he says, listen, do good to all people, especially those in the church. We fight over all kinds of, we fight over theology, over ministry perspectives, over worship styles, over church expectations, over our favorite pastors. Like churches split over these things. They, cause, they can, have caused deep divisions in church. And Paul says, hey, listen, ready? 
do good to all people, especially those in the church. Like, like do, everyone, everyone's included, but don't think that somehow because they're a Christian, a, br- a brother or a sister, that somehow like, well, I don't have to treat them as nice. I don't have to be a good witness because they're already saved. You ever done that? Hey, listen, this person's not a Christian, so be on your best behavior. My, I don't, my wife's here, she'll tell me that often. Like, hey, listen, you're a pastor. You can't drive like that. <laughs> like, like uh, there's people watching. I'm like, I know, but like, you know, this bozo here won't get out of my way. And, and there's, there's times where we're like, oh man, if we're around non-Christians, we gotta be on our best behavior. And he's saying like, hey, guess what? When you're around Christians, you should be on your best behavior. You should treat them like you'd wanna be treated too. Oof, all right, Paul, I'm gonna stop because I don't like how it's feeling. Paul tells us loving people Loving people means walking alongside them. And loving people, it never ends. Like you don't, you don't, like even if it works and you're like, I want to restore them, I want to help them. And you're like, man, that was a great experience. There's another person, another one's coming where you'll have opportunity to love them. You don't get to quit. You don't get to say like, listen, I'm one for one. I don't want to ruin my record. <laughs> you get to love that next person too. And, and, and it's easy to love when they're lovable. It's really difficult when they are unlovable. <laughs> when they give you reasons not to love them. Now, uh, one last thing. I want to add a, almost like a uh, like fine print. What Paul is talking about is not, and I, I want to I restate this in, emphatically. It is not trying to restore the person that has hurt you. If you are the victim or the recipient of the hurt or the sin or the issue or whatever it may be, if there's a relational break and like you're a part of it, listen, I, I, for, if you look at me as having any kind of a, th- I absolve you of any obligation to try and fix that person, okay? It's not your job. It's someone else's job to step in. It's not your job to fix the person who hurt you. Did, could, did you hear what I said? Don't let anyone put that on you. If you get another pastor or someone else who says like, you're supposed to do that, you give them my phone number and I'll give them the what for and let them know, no, that is not their job. Listen, if, if there's someone in there, it's my job. I'll help them. I'll help them real good. <laughs> it, it don't, so don't feel like it's your job to fix everyone. It's your job to come along the side the people that you know you can help and that will be effective and that, and that maybe you're the only one. And it's not, it's not, it's personal because you love them and they're a person, but it's not personal because they did it to you. I wanna help. Does that make sense? Does that help? There's been so many, like there's so many, there's so much bad, really terrible advice and wisdom and even like pastors who will like give just, just terrible biblical advice saying like, well, you know, I know that they're abusing you, but you got to stay with them and it's your job to f- try and fix them and help them like, stop it. I, you, you are, you, that, is, that is a terrible understanding of the scripture. So if that's you, maybe that's what you hear this morning is that, you know, another guy on the stage is saying, hey, you don't have to carry that burden. That's not your burden to carry. Now, some of us, uh, we're going to worship here in a second, but some of us this morning, um, uh, maybe you're, you're, you're here and you're, you're feel, I had a guy talk to me uh, after last service and was like, man, I, I need to hear this. And, and maybe for you, you're like, I need someone to walk alongside me. I need someone. Like I'm, I am that person. I need, I, I feel alone. I feel, uh, I, I feel burdened. I, I don't know what happened. I just, I just need someone to come alongside. If that's you, during this last song, we'll have uh, uh, people up here who would love to pray with you. And just, just nothing else. You don't have to give your name. You want to keep it anonymous. So be it. If you want to share what's going on, great. But they just want to 
pray for you. And, and, and if there's a next step, great. We would love to come alongside, literally come alongside and help you any way we can. And, and then there's others of you that on the flip side, where you, you're not, you don't need to be the recipient, but you're like, oh, I think God's calling me to be the person who has to confront. And I don't, I don't want to. Oh, he, oh boy, I do not want to. And maybe for you, you're like, I just need prayer. I need someone to help, like pray for me. I know I got to deal with this. I got to confront this. Again, I talked to another guy. He's like, I think I got to do that with my brother. Like, I, I think I got to have a conversation. All right, man, well, let, I'm going to be praying for you. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, 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 let's let, how can we support you as you, as you feel like you got to, all right, I got to step in. And, and some of you, that may be you. And, and the same thing, if you want to come and have some, uh, someone pray for you, they would love to. We would love to. If you want to see me afterward, I'll be walking around, shaking hands. Come find me. I would love to, to try to assist and help any way I can. So would you do this? Would you stand with me? We're going to worship the Lord. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to worship. And, and if you are uh, prayer, people will come up. And, and if you would love prayer, just during the song, during this last song, just come on. You don't have to wait. Just come on up. They would love to pray with you. Let me pray. So Lord, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for, thank you for, uh, for this family. Uh, for the church, but also this church, New Hope Church. And that we can, we can love people both outside the church and inside the church. And you're calling some of us to walk alongside those who are hurting and stuck and, and, and don't, know, don't know how to fix or what's, what's the solution to their struggles. But we know, we know every, we know every path ends with you and that you can you can restore and fix any situation, but that doesn't mean that everyone knows how to do that. So help us be people who love people. And for those of us that, that would say we do, I, I am just, I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm, I need someone to walk alongside me. I pray for them as well, Lord. And I'm, I know there's people in here and they know, they know exactly that you're speaking to them right now, Lord. They know exactly who they are and what they're going through. And I pray that you would, you would put people in their life and, and, and you would, that they would have a conscious reminder. You would plant a conscious reminder to walk alongside them. Lord, will you raise up people to love and support them? Even if it's our church and maybe it's a complete stranger they meet today and like, hey, I'm all right. How can we help? Lord, we love you. We, we know that this is, Galatians is such an amazing book Paul, that Paul wrote and, and, um, and it's not easy. So help us to live out our faith, to walk by the Spirit as we seek to, to live for you and love you each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let's worship.